Hey DCL fans, it's Wes. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, consider booking your trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Not only can we answer all your questions and help you with all the planning details, but we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences. You're going to pay the same whether you book directly with Disney or with a travel agent, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Welcome to episode number 73 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes, and this this is actually not the show that I had planned for this week. Um, we were going to talk about something else that'll uh, have to wait for a different time. Uh, but I got some information on Friday evening that relates to Disney Cruise Line's return to operation. So I wanted to make a show out of it. I've, I've, I've also been hearing uh, some things over the past several weeks, um, so, some speculation. So I, I wanted to share that as well. Uh, this this is all what happens when when you're given very little information. We're we're, we're left to to read between the lines. So the, that's what we're gonna do a little bit here tonight. Um, so Disney World began its phased reopening last week with cast member previews, uh, and Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom opened to guests on Saturday. Epcot and Hollywood Studios are scheduled to open on Wednesday. The downtown Disney district at the Disneyland Resort in California began its phased reopening, um, and the Disneyland Resort was supposed to start soon. Uh, that has since been pushed. But the purpose of bringing all that up was just to point out the fact that we've we've received official information from Disney regarding all of its domestic travel destinations except for Disney Cruise Line. So hopefully that means that something is coming soon. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm uh, I'm going to fill you in on some of the things that I've been hearing, and uh, we'll see how well that it all lines up with what actually uh, ends up happening. But before I do that, I first want to start with a disclaimer. We're going to be talking tonight about what the future of cruising might look like with Disney Cruise Line based on some information I've recently received. I want to be clear that the health and well-being of the crew, the passengers, and everyone else involved should absolutely be the number one priority in determining when and how to return to operations. Our our conversations are purely hypothetical uh, and are just intended to be fun and to discuss the potential changes that we might see once it has been determined how to safely resume. So with that being said... I, I first want to give a shout out to my sources for this information. I asked, uh, I did ask their permission to share this information on my show, but I'm I'm not going to name names just in case, just to be safe. Um, they know who they are, and and I think I really appreciate uh, you sharing this information with me. I I feel kind of silly saying my sources, uh, but really that's that's what they are. They um, you know they've uh, tipped me to some conversations they've had with some um, Disney Cruise personnel. So uh, anyway, one of the things that uh, that one of my quote unquote sources told me was that they have a friend sailing on the Fantasy at the end of September. Um, Disney Cruise Line told that person that they're planning to sail, but with all passengers in veranda rooms. Um, so that would mean no guests sailing in inside or ocean view staterooms. Uh, that Disney Cruise Line rep or cast member also told this particular person that only 450 staterooms would have guests so that they can keep uh, capacity at a minimum and properly social distance uh, the cruise passengers. Apparently, the Fantasy has 900 veranda staterooms, uh, so if their plan is to put guests in every other stateroom to spread them out, uh, those numbers seemingly check out and might lend some credibility to the uh, to this information. On the other hand, though, I, I I can't find how many veranda staterooms are on the Fantasy. I can't confirm it for myself. Uh, I just, I mean, I spent some time doing a Google search and didn't come up with anything specific. I suppose I could go through and uh, check out a floor plan and count them, but uh, I did not do that. Uh, if anyone knows the number and, uh, and 900 is the wrong one, let me know. 
Um, interestingly, though, this this wasn't the first time that I had heard rumors of veranda only staterooms. Um, so we'll see if uh, if that all means anything. This, of course, begs the question: How would Disney Cruise Line adjust existing reservations to make? Uh, to make these accommodations. So for guests booked in inside staterooms, um, ocean view staterooms, how are they going to accommodate those guests? Also, you know, if they're making, um, uh, if they're, if they're helping those guests out in terms of, I don't know, uh, pricing situations or, or, um, incentives to move their bookings. What are they doing for people who are booked in veranda staterooms? Uh, so that will all be interesting to see. The logistics of that seem pretty complicated to me, so maybe the idea is a little far fetched. But uh, you know, time time will tell. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. A different person uh, that I spoke with uh, also has a late September cruise uh, that they they were talking to Disney Cruise Line about, and that Disney Cruise. Uh, cast member uh, also said that they are planning to resume sailing in November. So this is two separate cast members who um, talked about re- um, resuming cruising in September. The big wild card is the CDC. So nothing can happen until the CDC lifts its travel restrictions for the cruise in- industry. So even if even uh, if the plan is to resume cruising in September, if the CDC says no, um, then you know the de- the decision is out of Disney's hands anyway. But this particular cast member also suggested that uh, shoreside cast members would be returning to the office in August to work on 2020 sailings, um, and that Disney Cruise Line would also be calling other cast members back in August to give them a a month uh, to work on the new procedures. So uh, if we haven't heard anything by August and we we start to see see cast members returning around that time, we'll know that, uh, that something is in the works. So with all that being said, I just please, please keep in mind that this is just speculation until anything officially is confirmed by Disney. I, um, I'm not putting this information out there as fact. Uh, it's just some stuff that I've been hearing. Uh, and, you know, I've, a couple of things I've heard multiple times. So I figured I'd just share it. You know, it's kind of fun. I, I think right now all we can do is speculate because Disney's not cruising. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to find things to talk about. So, uh, I just figured it might be, uh, interesting to, to share that information with you. So, um, there, you know, there's been other theories floating around and, uh, I didn't want to get into all of them cause I, you know, I, I haven't heard a whole lot outside of, you know, one or two people talking about it. So I didn't want to get into everything I've been hearing, but anyway, that's just some, uh, some information to think about. And, uh, uh, just getting us one day closer to, uh, to learning some real information from Disney Cruise Line. And this leads me to the survey information that was brought to my attention on Friday. I, uh, I received some screenshots of a Disney Cruise survey that somebody recently took. Apparently, Disney Cruise Line has been selectively sending out surveys to people booked on upcoming cruises in an attempt to, to see what people are, are willing to live with in terms of changes to cruising with, um, with Disney as we've always known it. Um, these survey questions are, are pretty interesting, so I thought it might be fun to bring a couple Disney Cruise super fans onto the show and go through uh, go through some of these questions ourselves and, and just answer them as if, um, as, if, as if we were taking the survey ourselves. So uh, our first guest who is joining me tonight is uh, my friend Joe. That is, uh, he's on Twitter at Back to the Mouse. So hello, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hey, Wes. Great to talk to you again. Awesome. And Joe was telling me uh, before the show how he is supposed to be in uh, in Europe right now on a on the Disney Magic. Uh, did you say it was Pompeii you were supposed to be in right now? Um, we weren't supposed to be on the Disney Magic. I won't mention which cruise line <laughs> we were supposed to be on. Um, but we, you could have just did. you could have just left it as you know you're supposed <laughs> to be on the Disney Magic. <laughs> Um, we had originally booked the magic, uh, but then we ended up changing it. So, gotcha. um, so we you were supposed to be on we, a we cruise about in that. Europe. That's right. <laughs> okay. We were supposed to have a port stop in Naples today yeah. and we were going to go visit the ruins of Pompeii, but, gotcha. um, oh, luckily bad. that didn't happen. I got to spend the day <laughs> in beautiful Northern Virginia. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And I hear you, instead of going on the cruise, you now have a bionic cat or something like that. 
I, I do, and and the reason I was slightly late was I had to give her her eight o'clock medicine. Uh, uh, yeah, so oh. she has a brand new knee. Oh. <laughs> you must really love that cat. <laughs> She is something special. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my next guest is uh, our our concierge cruise expert. Uh, he is Chris underscore magic underscore DCL uh, on Twitter. So, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome to the show. Um, thanks for having me on again, Wes. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, how many how many cruises would you have taken between March and now had had you know none of this happened? Um, we would have done two scheduled, and there was three rescheduled that got canceled. So that's where we're at right now. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm I'm very sorry to hear uh, that that it didn't work out for you. I feel badly about that. Um. So uh, anyway, yeah. So I I invited you all on, or the two of you on, because uh, we re- I on Friday I got these uh, these survey questions sent to me, and I said, you know, I think it'd be fun to just kind of go through these and um, talk about how we feel about these survey questions, and and you know, just I didn't want it to just be me answering the questions, so I figured I, I'd loop you guys in as well. So. Um, so these survey questions, Disney Cruise Line sends post-cruise surveys and, um, you know, they'll occasionally send out surveys to guests who are booked on sailing. So, um, the first question that was sent, uh, or the, you know, the first question that was sent to me said, how, if at all, would a $250 onboard credit per room impact your commitment to keep your currently planned Disney Cruise Line reservation? Um, and the options were much more likely to keep the reservation, somewhat more likely to keep the reservation, no impact, somewhat less likely to keep the reservation or much less likely to keep the reservation. So let's, let's just disregard the dollar amount, the $250. So I guess we'll, we'll start with Chris. So if, um, you know, if, if, if Disney Cruise Line were to offer an onboard credit per room, uh, how much more likely would you be to keep your current cruise reservation? I don't think it would affect me that much. I'm either if you if I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, you know, with the understanding that things aren't gonna be quite be the same. So yeah. I don't think a few hundred dollars here or there is gonna make a much of a difference to keep the reservation. It'd be a nice bonus, I guess. But sure, yeah, definitely. It would it wouldn't be much of an impact for me. Gotcha. Okay. What about you, uh, Joe? Um uh, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Chris. I'm, I'm let's, say, let's say notoriously thrifty, but but an onboard credit isn't going to shift me one way or the other as to whether I'm going to keep the cruise. Yeah, I, I think you know, I, I think I feel the same way. I think you know, I think the the, the, the three of us are are sort of in the camp that if you know if Disney was. Uh, you know, were to open up, obviously we'd, you know, depending on what it, exactly it looked like, but we're, it's, you know, likely that we're going to cruise anyway. Um, so, you know, we wouldn't really need this extra incentive, but, you know, I think just it, this kind of goes to show, I think that Disney is, um, concerned about people canceling their cruises. So they're trying to figure out a way to, you know, to, to keep them, uh, to keep those people booked on those reservations. So, uh, I thought that was an interesting question. This next one, these next few actually are talking about changes to the itineraries and something that, uh, you know, I've had in mind for a while. I, you know, when I started hearing about like the Grand Cayman was going to be closed for a while and the Bahama ports were closed for um, for a while. And then all these other ports of call that Disney Cruise typically calls on are, you know, are closed, that they may be altering itineraries just to sort of sail around the Florida Bahamas area. So uh, I think these questions sort of get into uh, Disney's thought process a little bit. So this question is how, if at all, would the following change to the seven night Eastern Caribbean itinerary? So this is this, you know, this particular person was uh, booked on an Eastern Caribbean. Um, How would this change uh, impact your commitment to keep your currently planned cruise reservation? So, if they were to replace one port visit with an additional stop at Castaway Key, again, how likely are you to keep your reservation uh, or not? So, Joe, why don't we start with you on that one? Um, 
I really like the Eastern Caribbean uh, itineraries primarily because it's going to St. Martin, uh, St. Thomas, Tortola. You know, they're, they're beautiful islands. They're a lot of fun to get off, stop in, nice and warm. Um, Castaway Key also meets that, but it's, you know, it's a different flavor. Yeah. Um, if I had booked it specifically for the Eastern Caribbean and they told me they were going to replace one of those islands with Castaway Key, uh, it would either be no impact or somewhat less likely to keep the reservation. It just depends upon, you know, did we have plans for that specific island that yeah, they canceled or not? That makes sense. Chris, what about you? I'm a huge fan of Castaway, so I would probably think it as a positive thing. Okay. I, you know, I've been to a lot of different islands. You guys have too, and there's nothing that things you think, God, I have to go back to Cozumel again or wherever we're going. <laughs> but if I can go to Castaway t- yeah. twice, I'm there. Yeah. Gotcha. So I think it would make me just more excited about the trip. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I think for me it sort of depends on which of the islands they're, they're replacing. So if I was going to, uh, you know, the, 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 the current Eastern Caribbean cruises where it's St. Thomas and Tortola, you know, I might, I might be in the, you know, no impact is somewhat less likely um, because I love St. Thomas slash St. John uh, and – I haven't been to Tortola, so that's that's somewhere that my wife and I want to go to. Um, but if it was St. Martin that they were replacing, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of St. Martin, so I that would definitely be a, a plus for me. Plus, I think adding a a, a, a double dip, a Castaway Key double dip, um, to an Eastern Caribbean cruise would would be kind of cool. So I, I'm always pro uh, you know, uh, new itineraries, and, and I think you know that's kind of what they're doing there so um let's go to the next one so how if at all would the following change to the seven night eastern caribbean itinerary that you have booked impact your commitment to keep your currently planned disney cruise reservation so again it's just uh same cruise but if they made this change how you know how how would it impact you so altering the itinerary to a seven night uh bahamian cruise that visits nassau and Castaway Key twice. So instead of the Eastern Caribbean that you were planning to do, now you're going to go to Nassau and have a double dip at Castaway Key. So, Chris, what do you think about that? Well, if that's with my first cruise or a once in a you know every couple year cruise, it, I think I'd make me cancel it because obviously now you're going to be you know have a lot of sea days just in the Bahamas there. So I think that has to factor in. But me being on the cruises I've been on, I'd probably just go with the flow and say, let's make the best of it, go to Castaway twice and have three sea days and not get off the ship in the Bahamas. So they see a lot of the ship. Yeah. Joe, how about you? Um, I definitely think it would be uh, – I'd be somewhat less likely to keep it um, – I've gotten off the ship at Nassau once. I think I've docked there five times. Uh, so there's 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 almost no appeal to that. I mean, mm-hmm. Castaway Castaway Key is always nice, but I'd also say we got to remember that this is a November itinerary, right? Is how much colder is it going to be Castaway and Nassau versus what you were going to get at a Saint Martin and a Saint uh, Saint Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would think the temperature would be a little bit warmer down there, um, where maybe a Castaway it's a little bit cooler uh, sailing around. Um, the Bahamas, um, but but for me personally, um, if the if if there were no danger of of getting sick from you, aside from everything else there, no sick from getting uh, no no issue of getting sick from COVID, and we just could actually go get on a boat and 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 be safe, I I wouldn't care where it went. That's that's a good point. <laughs> I'm sort of in that boat as well. Um, so I, I think. I think what you know what what Chris said it, it makes a lot of sense for this particular answer. You know, if I um, am relatively new to Disney cruising, or if this was uh, a specific inter- itinerary that I picked, I've never done it before. I really wanted to do a, an Eastern Caribbean visit. These ports of call that I've never been to. You know, I'm, I've probably been to Nassau before. I've been to Castaway Key before. My Eastern Caribbean was supposed to go to Castaway Key anyway. So you know, I think. I think if I got this question and I was booked on the seven night Eastern and I was excited about that, I think I think having them alter it to a basically a you know a seven night Bahamian would 
um, would probably make me less likely to go. But with that being said, I'm sort of I'm in the camp right now where just get me on a ship that goes anywhere and uh, and I'm on it. So um, and go into the weather in November at Castaway. I've been to Castaway 14 times, twice in November. <laughs> and November has been the two nights of stops we've ever had there. Yeah. There was no thunderstorms, light wind, and it was, you know, about 80 degrees, and the water wasn't cold yet like it would be in March, say. So yeah. I'm a fan for November Castaway. I actually, yeah, and and I can echo that, too. I, we've been to we've been there in, in, uh, in November before as well, and I actually don't mind the you know the weather out there chris i'm actually a little surprised because you know you're an, uh, a west coast guy so you know maybe the water's a little warmer out there us east coast people you know we can handle a little bit uh, the water being a little bit colder our water here is miserable <laughs> i am literally 35 minutes from the ocean my toes not been in this ocean probably since 1985 <laughs> no one past the age of 12 goes in the ocean here <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right, what do we got next here? Let's see. All right, so uh, once again, same Eastern Caribbean itinerary. Um, how would the following change, uh, you know, impact your your decision to keep or not go on your current cruise? So now you are altering the itinerary to a three to five night Bahamian cruise. So it's not a seven night cruise anymore. Um, and this is interesting on or around your current departure date that visits Nassau and Disney's private Island. So how would you feel going from a seven night Eastern Caribbean cruise to a three to five night Bahamian cruise that may not <laughs> work out, uh, with your travel plans the way they, uh, your existing cruise, uh, did Joe, what do you think? I'm going to assume, and this is a big assumption on my part, that <laughs> Disney is going to prorate this cruise. Oh, yeah, let's. That is a big assumption, um, but I, I think it's probably safe to assume that. It's if, if just for just for us, um, having been on 13 Disney cruises, I would take a five night cruise. I would not take a three night cruise. Yeah, and you know that's just us flying for you know two two to three hours to get down there to get on the cruise. Right. If, sure, if yeah. I had to come from farther than that, and, and I'm not going to speak for Chris, but a three, we, we went on one three night cruise and it was, it was way too short mm. uh, for us personally. We've done a number of five night cruises and they're fine. Seven's always better than five though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Chris, what do you think about that? I'm kind of echo Joe here. Same thing. I'm not going to fly from California for a three night cruise. So if they change it to a four or five, and maybe I can add a couple park days in with that. Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably make it work. So I'm assuming you know it's around your departure date because you know obviously the if they you know they, one cruise goes on the first of the month and I was supposed to get back on the seventh. Now it's getting back on the fifth. So the next cruise is starting on the fifth, obviously. Or maybe they're taking a day to clean the ship. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, no, that's a good point. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you guys too. I, you know, if I was scheduled on a, a seven night cruise and they all, all of a sudden said, oh, it's going to be a three night cruise, I'm probably going to cancel that. But I, you know, it also makes me think if they're going to do something that drastic, are they going to, uh, you know, add some sort of future cruise credit or some, you know, future cruise booking incentive? Basically saying, you know, we we know we really messed with your cruise itinerary, but. Uh, here's some incentive to to book that seven night Eastern Caribbean sometime next year. So um, you would think they'd give you sixty percent off the cruise or something, seventy percent <laughs> off. I mean, it's got to be a big chunk of money, not half off for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I would again, I would assume, but it's Disney Cruise Line we're talking about. So, <laughs> who really so what's knows? what's what's interesting related to that is you know they gave all these um, you know let us keep your money and we'll give you 125% right. right on your next cruise. If you look at the prices for the cruises next year, they've gone up more than that. <laughs> That's a good point. And I, you know, I was, uh, I thought it was interesting how they kept allowing you to book these cruises when it felt like they probably knew they were going to be canceled anyway. But I, I, 
I definitely think that it's a cash, you know, a cash flow thing. They wanted to, um, you know, they wanted the money to be able to fund current operations because they've basically been shut down. But <laughs> you're right. Even offering that uh, that 125 percent future cruise credit. I mean, it doesn't really go all that far uh, when you're booking next year because the, the cruises are so expensive. So I don't know if that was strategic to make them that expensive or if it's you know if that's what the prices were all along but um yeah i actually worked with a lot of people who said you know still can barely (laughs) barely afford those cruises next year so uh interesting all right this next one uh i thought was really interesting um so you know, this particular person who took this survey must have uh, checked, you know, a, a box earlier. Um, but, they, the, you know, the question says, you indicated that if select onboard entertainment experiences were not available, you would consider canceling your cruise. Please indicate which onboard entertainment experiences would cause you to definitely cancel your reservation if they were not available. So... What kinds of things are uh, are deal breakers? You know, if they don't if they don't have them available uh, on their cruise. Chris, you want to start on this one? I I don't know what. I'm not sure what would be a deal breaker. I mean, I, how much can they cut? I mean, yeah. I mean, if they if they don't have the shows, I mean, right. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So what if they you know what if they took out the the shows in the in the Walt Disney Theater? Well, since I'm not a huge show fan, I've seen most of the shows. I'd probably live with that. Okay. But if they said there's no Palo, I would probably cancel the cruise. Then. Okay. That's a deal breaker for me. Okay. What about what and about bingo? I have to have bingo. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I would I would guess that you know that's the type of thing that we're talking about. Anything that's. Um, you know, I don't know can, if you guys have ever gone to bingo, but it's usually packed in there. Exactly, that's and what I'm saying. So, right. So, you know, trying if they're trying to spread people out, that's you know, that might be something that uh that they might have to get rid of. What about, you know, like character interaction experiences? I mean, I could live without that myself. My kids are older now, so we'll survive. I know you have little kids, so that's a big difference for you. Yeah, right. What about, you know, maybe maybe they take away the aqueduct because they're trying to eliminate, you know, touch points or jacuzzis so you know people don't put their hands on the handrails i mean i'm just you know i'm just uh throwing out I ideas mean, here i don't know what I mean, specifically would, they're talking I'd be about bummed but. without the aqueduct but i'd probably survive you know yeah i don't there's a point i think they're not going to try to they can't cut out too much because then obviously yeah. people are going to stop going and say why am i paying this money for this cruise you know it might be a a queue system for the aqueduct and, and have to wipe the things down every time type of stuff. So it's going to be a lot slower process. I would imagine, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, what about you? Anything, anything specific that if they, you know, if they were to take away, you would probably cancel your cruise. So I have a 15 year old and if she can't go to the vibe, then uh, we would, we talked about it earlier. Uh, we would cancel the cruise because that's her thing, right? Yeah, she wants yeah. to go and she wants to meet other kids. And, right, yeah. Um, that's a big thing for her. And um, she also said if if you can't have fairly unfettered access to the pool deck, mm. we would cancel. And, sure. and I think the same for my wife and I. If we can't go up to Satellite Falls and just hang out and relax, um, uh, that, would, that would be something that would make us want to cancel. Yeah. I mean, the shows, you know, uh, like, like, like you guys, we've seen all the shows a few times. Uh, we've met every character we've ever wanted to meet. Um, we've done well, we've done all the dinner, sh- you know, the dinner shows, Tiana's, uh, Rapunzel's, uh, things like that. So mm-hmm. we could we could skip those as long as the menus didn't change. Um, Paolo might might be a deal breaker. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that yeah. uh, in this category, but. Um, definitely the vibe of the pool deck. And if funnel vision is off, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that seems like one to, that seems like a keeper though. You can you know spread chairs out all over the pool deck and let people watch movies up there. So the Buena Vista theater, though, on the other hand, that's you know that's probably on that would conceivably be on the chopping block. i I'm kind of uh, in the opposite category. I think if they took away the you know the the shows, i i I wouldn't I wouldn't be going. I, we we go to pretty much every one every night 
uh, you know, the Broadway style ones, not necessarily the variety acts, but the Broadway style stage shows, we, we try to hit all of those. Um, I agree if they, you know, if, if there was reduced access to the pool deck or something like that, you know, that might be something that we'd have to consider, but, um, and the character, you know, the character experiences, I think they would still have them walking around the ship, you know, they'd still be visible. I just, you, you couldn't go up and give them a hug, I think. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think I could live with that. So I, you know, that's a hard question to answer. I don't, I don't know exactly what I would say there, but, um, I think for people with younger kids, you know, I have a 15 year old also the vibe and the edges is important, mm-hmm. but if you have a eight year old, I think the lab and the, I forget the name of it. That is a big part of the cruise. Right, I mean, right. that, I think for anyone that has kids under 11, that would be a deal breaker Definitely, if they didn't have yeah. access to the club. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, my, my son would survive a couple of days without, you know, limited access to the edge or um, whatever, we, you know, but little kids, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if there's limited access other places, what are you going to do with the kids? Mm. Right. Uh, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, and I know maybe we talk about it later, but one of the things they talked about is maybe reducing capacity of the family pool. How could you possibly reduce <laughs> the capacity of that pool anymore? <laughs> yeah. It, it, any sea day, you can forget seeing water because you could walk across <laughs> the heads of the kids by tiptoeing yeah. because they're so packed in that pool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, so that's kind of it for the survey questions, uh, the ones that I wanted to go through. Uh, there was another interesting part, you know, piece of the survey that uh, um, that was brought up. So basically a list of kind of the new processes and procedures that are under consideration that, you know, that may or may not be implemented, um, you know, health and safety protocols, things like that. But the list that they gave, um, I thought was pretty interesting. So, you know, first of all, it talks about the, you know, the safety and health protocols. So obviously, you know, physical distancing measures, we're kind of getting a a look into what those are going to be with the, you know, the parks, you know, the parks opening, um, limited number of people allowed on the ship which actually reminds me i talked in my introduction about some you know some rumors that they're only going to be sailing uh with uh veranda cabins i don't know if you guys have heard anything about that but what what do you guys think about that you know only only veranda cabins and no inside staterooms no ocean view staterooms I've heard the same rumors, and I and I kind of personally I like to, to click on the website and see what rooms are available on upcoming cruises. Yeah. And you look at any cruise now through next spring, all categories are available. Right. And and you know you can get almost every option in concierge, right. but usually they're all gone. Yeah. So I think the capacity on the ship is kind of a self-leveling problem. I think they're going to be sailing at thirty to forty percent, maybe yeah. when they start sailing. Yeah. Joe, you got any thoughts on on that? I. You know, I mean, we we choose different uh, uh, cabins based upon price, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, if given a choice, we'd we you know we'd choose a veranda if we could. Um, what are they going to do? I mean, if they've you know they booked a ship to let's say let's say fifty percent of capacity, and it's a it's the magic of the wonder. Do they have the capacity to right. move everyone to verandas? Right. And if they don't, uh, how do you tell that? You know, how do you tell that, how you tell that family, uh, we don't have room for you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, you know, it sounds like a a logistical nightmare, uh, for, you know, for Disney Cruise Line, but, uh, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you can financially incentivize people to not get on the boat. Right. Right. Exactly. It's one, one thing that's interesting, actually the person who sent me these surveys in their cruise group, he said that, um, after people got these surveys, you could see the, you know, the, um, people dropping out rapidly because they're, you know, they're 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 seeing what the, what Disney Cruise Line is thinking about and saying, nah, this isn't something that I, I'm interested in. So um, I thought that was interesting. You know, sending out the surveys as maybe a uh, a thin the herd tactic. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it does sail in late September, October, even to November, if those sailings have 20, 25 percent on them. Mm, and then yeah. I think it'll gradually, maybe by February, there'll be a 50%. I don't think they're, you know, they're going to be really full. And, and I've been told they will sail with 15, 20%. They don't oh, care, wow. but they yeah. will sail. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. Interesting. Is, I wonder what the break even number is for, for 
taking the ship out with the crew and the cleaning and, and everything. Is it is it 15 to 25%? I would guess it had to be more 40%-ish. I'm just yeah. guessing here. I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, as a yeah. business owner, I know what things cost. And and so I it, I would say it has to be 40 to 50% even. So I imagine they, their first sailings are going to be losing money just to get going again. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what they need to do, and you get a couple sailings out, and and you know have everybody come back and say, oh, you know what, it, it was it was still fun, we still had a good time. But I guess they can plan ahead. They know it's going to be forty yeah. percent. So obviously they could probably you know get rid of you know maybe forty percent of the servers and only have sixty percent of the serving staff. You know, mm-hmm. so they could they could accommodate. You know, they can kind of foresee what's going on in their bookings and get the and much you know not get the right. full crew back. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I think also, um, you know, if they if they if they sailed with a uh, you know, significantly re- reduced capacity, even if it wasn't at that you know that break even point, just to just to get the crew used to the new procedures and new protocols, and just being able to uh, implement these new uh, measures with a much smaller, uh, you know, with a much. Re- a huge reduced number of, of cruise passengers. I think, you know, that would be beneficial to them. And then they can start to ramp it up once they, you know, once they, you know, get into a rhythm and, and, and uh, get the new procedures. Um, I've also, uh, I mean, I've also heard a rumor of a test cruise, like a, a cruise without paying passengers. Oh, hmm. maybe it would have, you know, cast members or something. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard, I've heard a rumor of that. Just kind of like the cast member previews at Disney world. They might do something like that to a three-night cruise just to get everything going again. Yeah. Hmm. So here's here's a list of the some of the experiences that they're talking about um, that seems like they're thinking about. So deck parties temporarily paused. How do you guys feel about that? Chris, start with you. Um, I, 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 I'm sad to see it go, but I would live without it. And yeah. we're not... I'm usually not in the party, but we enjoy looking down at it as we're sailing away, and it's it's kind of a fun time. So yeah. it'd be kind of a bummer that goes away, but I could understand why. Joe, I'm going to agree with Chris almost word for word for that. Yeah. You know, we you know like to participate on the periphery, but whether we're exactly yeah, you know whether it's there or not, it's okay with us. Yeah, there's only a, a handful of deck parties over all my cruises that I've actually enjoyed. So. Uh, I'd be okay with you know with those going away, and I should say I'm okay with it temporarily. I don't want any of these to be you know long term changes, lo- you know taking these things away for indefinitely because they are all part of the experience, regardless of whether you enjoy them or not. I mean, even if you're not a huge deck party fan, when you're sailing away out of Port Canaveral or Miami or wherever it is. Uh, and you got the characters dancing um, on center stage there in front of the, you know, in front of the funnels. I mean, that's a that's an amazing experience. And if you know, if they have to take it away temporarily to to get back to cruising, then fine. But I don't I don't want any of these things to go away uh, permanently. So I want to you know just caveat all all my answers with that as well. Um, close interactions with characters temporarily unavailable. We talked a little bit about that kids clubs activities and reduced capacity um in the in the kids clubs i mean we talked about that that'd be a huge deal um access to ports limited to only those who book shore excursions so how would you guys feel about not being able to go ashore if you didn't have uh something booked uh, uh, you know on land joe that would be a slight negative but mm-hmm. um i think you know i think if we had to we could live with it yeah yeah chris I think I'd be able to live with it too. And yeah. most of the time we book our excursions through Disney right. anyway. I've never booked a second party excursion because I'm always afraid of missing a ship. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I, I can think of one time the last three or four cruises where we just got off for the day and walked around. That was in Cozumel because our excursion got canceled. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I, I can I can live with that, especially if it's Nassau. I'm not exactly. getting Exactly. And I think that's a great point. I mean, it sort of depends which port, you know, which port of call you're visiting because some of them aren't um, – aren't conducive to just getting off the ship and walk walking around uh you, you almost have to have a, a a port adventure book so um i agree with you guys on on those uh a later embarkation time i don't think anybody's gonna lose too much sleep over that no self-service at the buffet available what do you guys think about that one 
I think it's great. I mean, I love the buffet, but I'm always just grossed out by the people just <laughs> touching the handle, touching yeah. their face, yeah. reaching and grabbing something. So it's like I got no problem with them serving us the buffet or it going away temporarily. I can live with that. Sure. How about you, Joe? I definitely, definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if they put a cast member there to, to put stuff on people's plates, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, same. Uh, nursery for infants and toddlers ages zero to three temporarily closed. Uh, you know, that, that obviously doesn't impact every, every cruise passenger, but for, you know, for some families, that's, that's going to be a big deal. Um, and potentially even a a deal breaker for, um, for some family pool, limited hours and capacity. You know, we talked a little bit about that number of entertainment options reduced. Uh, we also talked a little bit about that. Um, and then it gets into some, you know, some digital experiences that, you know, that, they, that would be new, um, something we haven't seen before. Um, so digital sign up for virtual queues at main water slides, upper deck main pool time and debarkation at ports of call. How do you guys feel about that? I actually think that um, in some respects, this would be a positive yeah. and, and a negative, right? Like, if I could get in a virtual queue for the aqueduct and <laughs> yes. not have to go stand there, that that's a positive in my book. And, yeah. and, and I hope out of all this, if anything happens, it's that, right? Yeah, you right. can, you can ping me on my little, uh, um, Disney cruise app when it's, when it's working mm-hmm. and tell me when it's time, my time to <laughs> right. line up. Yeah, right. That would be great. Um, upper deck main pool time. That's a deal breaker. If, you know, if you can't just go up to the to the pool deck when you want to go up to the pool deck and find a chair, then then I'm not as excited about that. Yep. Um, debarkation at ports of call. I mean, obviously, you're going to get off when your excursion if you've got an excursion. Um, but most of the time to get off at the other ports, I don't think I've really ever sat and waited in any sort of a line to get to get off at the ports. Yeah. So yep. I don't know. Chris, what do you think? I pretty much echo Joe with all that. I mean, especially the aqueduct one. If I don't have to be burning my feet standing on that brown fake wood stuff and for thirty minutes, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think the I think the aqueduct, the, you know, the virtual queue for that would be cool. Um, I'm totally with you, Joe, on the access to the upper deck main pool. I mean, if you can't just go and find a you know an open spot, that's that's a deal breaker for me. I don't want to do signups to go to the, you know, the main pool. And I don't care about the deep barkation at ports of call. Um, and then, but more importantly, what about the basketball courts? There's going to be a queue to use the basketball court. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I meant to actually <laughs> ask that in the part where we talked about, you know, certain experiences that, uh, specific experiences, if they took away, would it cause you to cancel? <laughs> Take it away. Take it hey, away. So hey, Chris, Hey Chris, they could they could gouge that off the ship with a bulldozer and put another pool in, and then it would be more socially distant. That'd be perfect. Yeah, that's funny. I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because yeah, I meant to I meant to to slide in a joke there, and I uh, I forgot about it. So uh, thanks for, for for picking me up on that. Um, and then the the last digital experience here uh, that they mention in the survey. Advanced booking required for major onboard activities, including Walt Disney Theater shows, movies, and kids club time slots each day. So, what do we? How would we feel about that as a change uh, to cruising with Disney? Chris, start with you on this one. I think that'd be tough for people with kids that depend on the clubs, and the kids want to go to the club. Yeah. I also think the ships are going to be half full, so it might not be as big an issue sure. as it could be. But I think that, you know, could be a deal breaker if I had, you know, a seven-year-old and an eight-year-old or something. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be a tough one for people. Yeah. Are they, you know, are you able to book it ahead of time so you know how many slots you got? Like your Powell Brunch reservation yeah, or I something? Th- I, I mean. Are you going to know 60 days out? So you, say, you know what? This is not going to work for us. Let's cancel this cruise. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know how, quote-unquote, advanced they're talking about. But I sort of thought of it as you know, your, your onboard booking window opens depending on your castaway club. And that's when you get to sign up for these kinds of things. I think that's going to turn off a lot of new cruisers. I mean, you know, I think 
I think Chris Book and his concierge room will be fine. I think you and I as 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 platinum will be fine. But I think you know once you get into gold mm. and silver, I think I think that's a turnoff for people, right? For sure. Yeah. I think any new cruiser should not consider cruising for till next summer. Maybe I have no idea yeah, because right. they're not going. We know what the experiences are, and we can appreciate yeah. knowing we're going to get them back. But when you've never had the experience, point, yeah. and and now you, you're you're missing out on so much, I think. It just wouldn't be the greatest idea, yeah. but and, and I mean, if you're still paying, I mean, if you're still paying a premium price and and getting this type of experience, it, it may turn you off to Disney cruising forever. You know, if you go on it and have a, a bad experience, so I agree with you on that, Chris. As far as the advanced booking, I actually hate this idea because one of the things I love about Disney cruises is that it doesn't take a whole lot of um, advanced planning. Whereas, you know, if you go to Disney World that's a that's a you know your book you're you're doing stuff six months out when you're trying to plan for disney world and it is not anymore (laughs) (laughs) they cancel all my dining reservations (laughs) touche that's a great point the point is though that i mean there's so much that goes into planning a walt disney world vacation um, the Disney Cruise Line is sort of the exception. You just go on the cruise. Sure, there's some things that you sign up for in advance, um, but for the most part, you just you get to go and just relax and enjoy yourself. And you know, if you're having to constantly worry about what you know, what show am I going to want to go to um, two months from now? What movie am I going to want to attend on which night? When are my kids going to want to go to the kids clubs? I just think I, I really hate that idea, and I hope that. You know, they don't incorporate that uh, a whole lot. No, that, so. that wouldn't be good. We're all huge Disney fans, and I'm, I'm assuming we all agree that 60 days out, trying to think, okay, on Tuesday we're going to go to Magic Kingdom. On Wednesday we're going to Epcot. I mean, that just drives me insane trying to plan that far ahead of time. Exactly. And then trying to, and, and then trying to match it to your dinner reservations you made four months prior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Trying, trying, to, trying to match up your dinner reservations to which fast passes you can get is, is <laughs> exactly insane. It's so, it's so much fun. Yes, I, I love doing that. So, um, so that's it. I mean, that's the that that's the survey questions that we received. I think it. I I really think it gives some insight into. Um, kind of what what Disney Cruise Line uh, is thinking in terms of uh, you know processes and procedures and health protocols and all that stuff coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how much of this actually gets incorporated uh, into um, you know day to day cruise operations once once we start sailing again. Um, you know, one thing that I I forgot to mention one of those questions talked about you know would a change in the cancellation policy help uh you know in in making your decision on whether or not to keep your cruise and you know when disney recently talked about that 15 day mark where you can wait until 15 days before your cruise to to decide whether or not you want to keep it or push it you know to the next year i thought that was brilliant i think i think the more flexibility you know guests have the more likely they are to hold on to their reservations as long as possible so um, I think that change should have come a little bit sooner, but you know, maybe that I saw that question in one of these surveys. So maybe that cancellation policy changed came as a result of one of these surveys. I mean, we have a, we have a cruise booked in January and the only reason that we still have it booked is because they made that change. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Cause you're, I mean, you're probably still a little ways out from your final payment, but, um, I know a lot of people who come up on their final payment and they're like, if I make this payment and we don't want to go, then, you know, we're going to incur all these cancellation fees. So, um, I thought that was a good move by Disney cruise line. No, I think that was a real positive move. I yeah. think it's also a way for them to get a little more revenue. Maybe revenue right. people can book some cruises right. with, you know, with the flexibility. So some money might be coming exactly, in that way. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I definitely think that was part of the, um, part of the consideration for changing that policy. So, um, but anyway, so d- yeah, go does ahead. that does that policy? If uh, you know, I got 15 days at 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 the pre 15 day mark. Does that give me the ability to? Um, does that just move the money to a future cruise, or is that refund? No, you can't get refunded. Once you make your final payment, it's it's not a refund. You can just uh, move it to a different a future date. So you know you you have to still be pretty confident that at some point you're going to use, you know, you're going to go on another cruise. 
but you know, at least it's at least it's a little bit better than just saying, you know, if you decide to cancel, you're going to lose all you know all the money that you've paid. So. So that so that, yeah so they're definitely gonna they're definitely gonna get the hold the money but then it you know at, at, at least you're not you're not making doing a make or break decision 120 right. or 125 right. days out or whatever yeah yeah okay thanks yeah no problem so uh, that's it I mean that's that's the that's the result of the survey thanks guys for for coming on and, and uh, having this conversation especially uh, in such short notice I really appreciate that and uh, hopefully hopefully we get back to cruising soon Chris is. Is uh, late September? That's the latest one that you have booked right now, right? Because everything else is canceled through sep- mid September. Correct. We have September twenty fourth booked, and nice. that's not a reschedule. That's actually been booked since day one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> our reschedule is now um, the first week of December. We booked one, so gotcha. we'll see what happens with that. But okay, we're we're hoping it sales. Um, I have a, I'm a germaphobe, and I'm not worried about going. I have been. Since March, working 70 hours a week, um, just, you know, wearing yeah, a mask and right, social right. distancing and being careful. So yeah. uh, to me, the, the cruise would be a place I could let my guard down a little bit maybe because I know they're sanitizing everything yeah, right, right behind me as I'm walking by. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and Joe, what, what's, uh, what's your January one supposed to be? Uh, it's either the 18th or the 23rd. I think it's the 18th. It's a Marvel Day at Sea, Five Night on the Magic. Nice. Yeah. Have you done a Marvel yeah. cruise? No, oh. no, we haven't done that one yet. So oh, that'll, awesome. that'll definitely check a box. And my yeah, right. my younger daughter, who uh, will be going with us, is uh, is a big Marvel fan. So oh, she's okay. really she's really excited about it. But nice. um, I'll say, unlike Chris, we're uh, I mean, we are germaphobes, but yeah. we're particularly nervous about mm. uh, the whole COVID situation. Sure, sure. Um, so uh, I, if I had to guess right now, I'm going to say that we're not actually ever going to get on that boat in January. Yeah. Um, okay. But, you know, we'll see. Things, sure. things, can, things can change quickly and, right. you know, who knows. Hopefully they do. We'll see. So. All right, Chris, Joe, I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having this conversation. And, uh Hope you all stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks. Thanks for having me back on again. All right, guys. Great. Thanks, Wes. No problem. Take care. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.